Hi guys, I'm the Impaired Grappler and welcome to my podcast. Today we have a very special guest from 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu Melbourne, uh, Frank Barker. So we go into sort of touching on sort of teaching and learning, Eddie Bravo's 10th Planet system, the sort of conceptual learning, the out-of-box thinking within the system and all that. Uh, we talk about the no Gay Summit that Frank held at the start of the year, as well as Jean-Jacques Machado's um, seminar that he did there as well. Um, and we talk about the impact of those events on his life. And yeah, we go into Frank's martial arts story and sort of a bit of his history and that. Uh, we talk about mindset, positivity, frequency, vibration, appreciation, you know, family and ancestry connection. So yeah, we covered a few things, but that's just uh, some of it. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy and we'll catch you on the other side. Us. All right, guys. Welcome to the Impaired Grappler podcast. I'm the Impaired Grappler. We're here with uh, my friend uh, Frank Barker from 10th Planet in Melbourne, up uh, Coburg in the northern suburbs there. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to have a chat. We don't really, yeah, we've only sort of met a few times, so we're just sort of chatting about that before. But, yeah, it's um, welcome, Frank. Oh, thank you. So it's great to to be here, man. Uh, Anytime I get a chance to hang out with, anybody really i'm excited i'm into it and especially someone who understands jiu-jitsu and the language that we all love to speak and we like to live by i think uh it's awesome it's an awesome opportunity so i'm really excited mate so thanks for for having me and um and good luck with the podcast i hope it goes really well oh, thanks mate thanks yeah well yeah just like concentrate on just trying to just get conversations and not worry about trying to advertise and promote i'm just going to get my shit out there and about yeah. the rest of it. But talking about language. On the heart, as my mum always says. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, so, like, you're talking about language, and it's like, you could talk a little bit more jujitsu than me, you, you know the 10th planet language as well, <laughs> on top of the language I know. So I think um, you've got me there on that language in jujitsu. Because, <laughs> like, I half, half the time don't know what the hell's going on. Like, I, I rolled with one of I rolled with one of your guys at the last comp I did, which looking back, I'm so glad I did that competition. Um, nice. I think it was, I can't remember, was it Caleb? I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it was just true gentleman. But yeah, the, uh, yeah, it was a, I think it was open mat. But yeah, it was just like just hearing the all the Tenth Planet stuff, just getting yelled at. The lingo. All the lingo <laughs> at, the, at the thing. It's like the, yeah. There's a few positions I like, the truck and that. That's Yeah, yeah. Um, Good. Yeah, a few positions that I probably actually would work well with, but like my flexibility, yeah. I think with the uh, – Well, if, with, well if, you, sorry. if sorry, go on. Go on. Uh, just with the, with a couple of the things, the um, – what's the – hold the triangle with the arm, the oh, – I've got the, the main one. the dead orchard? No, before that. Oh, rubber guard? The rubber guard, yeah. Like rubber, rubber guard. Like, yeah. yeah, my knees are a bit not that flexible to be able to get there, or mm-hmm. at least at the moment. But yeah, it's uh, especially the one side. The other side's fine, but yes, so I can actually do yeah almost twice as much on one side than the other, which is cool. But right, yeah, yeah look, it it is look. It's just like anything else. If you just um you know put in a bit of time in your flexibility training and 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 your hip mobility and some strength, um and just a little bit of time, just mm-hmm. consistently. Um, you'll be you'll be amazed at how quickly you can really develop your abilities. Um, really, like I never looked at anything that Eddie was doing before I even met him and and saw what he was doing and thought to myself, "Oh, I'll never be able to do that." You know, oh my God, look how flexible he is. Oh, that's not me. I never ever thought of that. My brain just went towards, "Oh, 
oh, well, shit, where can I learn this? You know, where can I learn this? Because I knew in my head for me to be able to do that, because I loved watching Rubber Guard. I mean, it looks so fantastic. The upper body posture control, isolation of limbs, you know, can't get struck, no elbows, no, no punches, and not even headbutts. Like, that was really appealing to me. So I never looked at it as, as like, oh, I'll never be able to. It was more like, oh, I can't wait to learn that. So, yeah, it's a mindset thing, yeah. I guess. But yeah, And well, it's not anyone's so- fault. It's just how it is. But you don't have to. You don't have to keep that mindset. You can you can change the way you think about things that look difficult. You know, I always tell my students, when you see me demonstrate something, or you see Eddie demonstrate something, or if you see one of the black belts overseas hitting something, competition looks amazing, like that Imanari roll that you know uh, Marvin Castell hit that got like 11 million views or something like that, right? You know, that's it's it's just something that's developed over time, and you can learn it, and um, never ever let anything over. Um, like put you out of your sphere of possibility by, by things can be amazing and be amazed by them, but just go, I can't wait to do that rather than I'll never be able to do that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So yeah, please, so. yeah. You know, so that mindset is so important. So um, yeah, I yeah, encourage everybody of, to. Um, the mindset of I need to get off the, I need to um, lose weight before I come to jujitsu. That's like <laughs> the exact opposite oh mindset. God. Yeah. Right. I mean, seriously, that, that's that's one we hear all the time, and you just have to let them go because no matter how much you try and convince them, it's like no, martial arts is a way of getting healthy too. It's a way of you know getting that optimum body weight for your frame and for your activity and whatnot. And what better environment to do that in, in than in a potential competitive environment where there's various levels of of people that you can train with. So there's everybody you can hang with, no matter if you're having a good day or a bad day. If you're you know, you're peaking or you're just coming off a break. Like there's always someone that you can always tag along to for a while and they just pull you up to the next run, you know? Um, I, I think it's it's all, all of this accelerated learning is all about understanding environment and being consistent and, and just being aware of, of what's around you and using them to maximise your potential, you know? Um, you don't have to think like that. You can just have fun and don't worry about it. But generally people talk themselves out of things like you said, oh, I have to lose weight. When I lose, you know, I'm going to hit the gym. And then when I'm strong, I'll come and do jiu-jitsu. I'm like, bro, I ain't going to help you. You know, like do that, get strong while you're doing jiu-jitsu. You know, like just focus on a, a skill set rather than just an outcome. You know what I mean? Mm. I think that's. Well, three thing. months of jiu-jitsu versus three months of weight training to get fit enough to do jiu-jitsu would actually <laughs> put you back in the exact same spot. Yeah. Even and learning, a, learning a functional skill. Yeah, right. How many times those new guys, when they come in, I'm like, and I'm smiling. They go, oh, you're really happy. I go, no, I'm happy for you because I know right now you guys have no idea what's ahead for you. It's going to be all positive. You're gonna, your body's going to change. Your mind's going to change. You know, the way you sleep's going to change. The way you think's going to change. The way you, you know, the way you interact with other people is going to change. And I'm just seeing three months down the track that anyone that walks in this door at that three-month mark, I don't care if they've got no training, they've got no chance. <laughs> and I love that. So they kind of, kind of, they get excited about it when they hear it like that. And so I don't know. I just stick with that. That's what I usually, that's my usual pitch. But, you know, new students to encourage them to keep moving is that I just laugh at them and go, you wait, you wait. And I always say, no one's ever given me a refund, ask for a refund because they got really fucking good quick. Like no one's ever gone, you know what, coach, I want my fucking money back because this has taken fucking like years sooner to hit my goal no one no one in fact it accelerates people these days we're seeing such great practitioners so quick you know young kids you know with 18 months training 
but just being so passionate and so keen with, with great structures, you know, by people that have got the experience to give them the right plans and they just fly. It takes, us, it takes them half the time is what it's taken us. When I came in, when yeah. I brought 10th Planet here, nobody knew anything. I was the only one. I was going there and just learning it like a sponge and then just making sure that my documentation was so precise that I could, you know, reproduce exactly what he wanted, how it should feel, what it should look, the shape it was, the kind of resistance, the situation, the scenario, the timing, like all those things I tried to be super, super vigilant and and really uh, be uh, quantifying everything so that when I came here and started just training and sharing that I was seeing my training partners accelerating faster than me. Mm. It's, it's bananas, you know. But anyway, yeah, I'm want, uh, yeah, I'm digressing. But anyway. <laughs> no, that's fine. I actually want to digress. Um, just going okay. to sort of uh, I, like I actually want to touch on sort of the out of box thinking that Eddie Bravo's done, but mm. it's like uh, I it just went, as you were talking. Then it kind of it was just a I just had this thought because um, like Eddie Bravo's style of learning, the style is like. He learned it all by flowing and feeling, but he's actually systemized it into a system. So it's like it's kind of like a dichotomy. That makes sense. Understand? I was just I just thought of that now. I was like, oh, okay, that's a bit uh, weird. You said I don't know if you have seen that before, or um, because I want to actually talk. Yeah, about, I have. Yeah. Okay. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, my my classical backgrounds, no matter whether I was. And when I was nine, I started martial arts in nine and freestyle karate. And the best guys that were around me, even as a child. So let's just forget the first five, six years. So now I'm 15 and I'm in a comp circuit. So I'm, I'm one of the most consistent, competitive um, kickboxers or point fighters. Because it's always, listen, mm, man, yeah. it's, people's kick, people give point fighters shit. Like, oh, it's not real. Yeah. Let me tell you, man, <laughs> everyone's trying to fucking knock each other out. I'm telling yeah. you now. I'm telling yeah. you now. I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. And I, and I did, and I, I took it as good as I gave it. The point is, is that everyone I trained in, no matter what martial art I did, had a strong structure, had a strong structure. Mm. And when you have hunger, time, talent, and the right structure, you can get a human being to do almost anything. And we've seen that, and it's been proven a million times. It's not anecdotal, there's facts. Look at the Olympians. Look at mm. great jiu-jitsu players. They all start like normal Joey bananas in the corner and then they evolve. Okay. There's nothing, look, but I just want to get something clear when I say structure. It's it's an adaptable, it's a flexible, it's a conceptual principle-based structure. So we give you physical paths to learn, but then we explain to you that the path that we're giving you is actually a concept. Car path passing is a concept. Mm. Controlling the upper body, pinning it to the ground. Fighting the legs, clearing your knee line, enormous shoulder pressure. You could turn in, you can turn out, you can knee cut, you can donkey kick. And now we're past like <clears throat> their concepts of controlling the upper body, controlling the hips and the legs, and then slowly dismantling them completely and putting yeah. the fight 80% done. Yeah. So it's a structure, but it's a theme. Top half passes is a theme, but we have four, the best four ways we know competition, MMA, you name it, mm. sub only, whatever you want to call it. The four best best paths from top half, that is our G series, for example. We have eight series and that's G. That's series number seven is focusing on top half passing. So that's the thing. 
But it has so much more than just top half passing because the bottom guy learns defense. The top guy learns to overcome roadblocks. We set up some submissions along the way, sweeps, counters, escapes, and leg attacks. So not only has a theme, but it has like a web that opens up. And the more you go down this path, the more you have room in your mind to add all these essential weapons. Because you know, your, your ability to finish a person depends on two things. Uh, knowledge and options. So the, the more... The more you understand, the more you know in your jiu-jitsu game, the more you know about jiu-jitsu and the more that you can attach and add options to what you know, it has a deeper pool, a deeper pool, like a swimming pool. So that when you take a person, when you get to that spot that you are familiar with. All right. So um, sorry about that, guys. We uh, got cut off. So yeah, if uh, you want to take it back from where you were, Frank. Yeah. So I'm talking about... um, Options, I'm talking about knowledge, depth of knowledge. The more depth of knowledge and the more options you have, you've got a greater pool to take someone into to hold them underwater. So when you've got a deeper pool, then it's more likely the person is going to be in a drowning situation than in a shallow pool, meaning not many options and not a lot of depth of knowledge. Like, you know, like a good white belt doesn't compare to a, a purple belt, competitive purple belt. It's just, they just don't. They just don't have options. They just don't know which options are available. They just don't have an idea of what they must not give up, like underhooks and not leaving their neck out and leave and not, you know, being aware of their legs and, and you know, in, in exchanges and whatnot. Like it's, it's vital information. So, um, so the beautiful thing about that is that it grows together. So as you go down this jujitsu path, you start in adding knowledge to your, to your mind, to your game. And then you start looking at all these options because when you've got room in your mind to add options, that's when you really start to get, you know, dangerous. And I say that in a positive way. Yeah. It was like the jiu-jitsu. Yeah. So so just to answer your question, I know it's a long-winded answer. Yeah, that's right. It's a structure. The point is, is that there's plenty of freedom, but there's a lot of structure too. Because listen, let's not just guess here. Let's not reinvent the wheel with every Mm. single person that gets on the mat. Let's get a uniformity going that you can go into leg locks. You can rubber guard speciality, half guard, electric chair, lockdown game. You can go butter half, butterfly guard. You can work inversions. You can work purely a choke artist. You can be an armbar specialist. You understand? Like, Mm. although we are on the same learning all these paths, but then you start to see the things that consistently stick out to you and you start to grab them and you start developing your own game, knowing that they're reliable and that they're proven, the best proven methods that we have right now. And that's what the warm-ups are all about. I've seen some of those uh, warm-ups. I went to the Eddie's school and just had a look and see the warm-up there, but it's the same warm-up uh, everywhere. So what's it like that translate into the students and their experience and, like, what you learn from them? Like, you know, what about you actually learn from them and, like, you know, within that, within that framework of yeah. the 10th planet system where, right. you know, there is the structure but the freedom, like you said. Um, yep using Eddie's um, inspiration of out-of-the-box thinking, especially, like, just to, just the point, like, when Ed, I think, like, um, when Eddie did the, does his uh, submission grappling tournament uh, with the... Yeah, EBI. Yeah, or the combat jiu-jitsu. The combat jiu-jitsu. And to me, when I first heard that, I was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And everyone's like, oh. Yeah. But, like, the way he thinks, I think, I think, I think, yeah. I think, 
the same as on the same sort of wavelength. Um, yes. Especially when we go down the entire sort of conspiracy path and all that. And I think yeah. Yeah, we won't go down there right now. But um, yeah, just oh, like how's it translated? Get yeah, ready, man. Yeah. Get ready. How's it I don't know what kind of audience you have, but we yeah, might yeah. lose a few. <laughs> uh, that, that's fine. I can lose as many as I have. <laughs> Whatever. It's just, just Whatever's having, necessary. Having fun bro. conversations. Yeah, just having fun conversations here. And, you know, I'm quite comfortable within the entire conspiracy rabbit hole world. But you're just going back to the hey, learning. Yeah, no worries. I'm just a truth seeker. So I'm no conspiracy yeah, theorist. Yeah. I'm just a truth seeker. That's all I am. Well, my, my quest is just to know the truth. That's all. Well, I'm that's all. I just want to know what I'm dealing with so I can work my strategies yeah. to, to win, to win massively. You know what I mean? That's the only reason why I want to know. Mm. No other reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a conspiracy realist because it's like the term conspiracy theorist has been pretty demonized and bastardized. Mate, they're almost going to charge people with an offense if they're caught talking crap or acting mm. like a conspiracy theorist they want to fine us <laughs> yeah that's yeah uh, well how many of them have actually come true how many of them actually uh, have come true a lot of them uh it's all coming <laughs> apart bro we might just be the most intelligent people ever uh well i think that that goes with people getting uh humbled every day by getting choked out all the time <laughs> to sort of think a bit we've got no choice right no, no choice no choice so so let's yeah. let's stay on the jiu-jitsu train before we go down that road before we go down there that's that, that's a whole do you want me to answer the question uh yeah 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 just, the, yeah just the learning from the students and that yeah point of view yeah, yeah. okay well we've had the most the we've produced the fastest better equipped blue belts that we've ever have before yep so so what does that mean well we have seen, without a doubt, since 2016, because that's when we really released the warm-ups officially. And um, I basically, you know, if you go and Google 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu warm-ups 2016, you'll see eight fantastically packaged videos of our four basic flows, which have really evolved. And, uh, oh, my God, they've, they've really evolved over the last four years, without a doubt. And me, I was f fortunate enough to be asked to spearhead the whole production of these warm-ups and I, I love that because here's a chance for another Aussie to get out there and and really you know represent um, a very strong brand overseas that is respected and disrespected which I love yeah. that because everyone's going to be interested then so mm. um, and really be on the forefront of really pioneering some interesting creative new ways to look at jiu-jitsu whether it's a sport or not so um when I look at the 2020 versions of these, and if I look at the groups that are, we have developed since 2016 alone, then the data says that we're, we're, actually, we're actually creating what used to take three or four years to do. We're doing it in 18 months. Now, we're talking about people that want an accelerated experience. They don't want to just sit around in this for 18 years. They might, but... They're like, hey, I want to get really good at this. I'm like, hey, you came to the right place. You want to do, you love no gi and you want sub only. And that's, and the, the, the kill is the whole aim. Like they're just getting to the end of the game and so we can start again. Well, then we've got some shit together that you cannot ignore. We have schools all over the planet and every single instructor in that school is a demon in their own right. Is a proven freaking submission artist. They may not win every time, but they're going after it. And they've got some weapons. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to get caught. And yeah. we're not just talking about arm bars and chokes. 
We're talking about armbars, chokes, escapes, back takes, mounters, uh, counters, and leg lock systems, like completed leg lock systems that are flexible and adaptable to change. Because as we see the evolution of the game through all these awesome tournaments that are going on all the time, I mean, I mean, look at the, the level of jiu-jitsu in the UFC. It's improving. Finally, it's really improving. And I think that's because of the big push for the no-gi game has become this hugely uh, respected, popular, um, diverse way of looking at the game where people wouldn't even care about looking at the game because of the gi. And I'm not saying it's bad, but because of the gi, there was a whole group of people that didn't want to do it. Now that there's no gi, it's like, what? I can just wear like a rashi. Rashis are cool. Everyone's wearing rashies. You know, a pair of shorts. Oh, shit. That's like volleyball, soccer, tennis. That's like, you know, whatever. Oh, my God. I can just do that. I don't have to wear all No. Oh, what? And it works. Yeah, sure it does. And there's another way to look at the same game. But when you come together, it's the same game. What are you talking about? Is that really that even if you don't want to fight in the gi, but you come up against someone in the gi, you're still, you're still good to go. Like, yeah, you got to watch out in certain elements but doesn't the gi guy need to watch out with certain elements too hell yeah there's no handles yeah for sure <laughs> so it, so so it became exciting for a whole group of new a new audience do you, you follow me right so mm. you follow me right yeah, yeah yeah so um right now how's it panned out fantastically it's been a tremendous uh result for us and in my school Man, we've got the best of both worlds. We've got, I've come up as a black belt. I came up with the OG system, warm-ups and leg locks. So, and all along the way, competing all along the way, mm. you know? Um, and, but for my, my reasons for competing weren't, you know, like a young 23-year-old hungry guy that doesn't have a school or a business or a family. He can just put all his, his effort into competing and that's the ultimate way to do it. You know, I'm coming from the exact opposite. So I was using competing as a way to show people what we bring to the table, but also to, for me to accelerate to get to my black belt quicker than, as quick as possible. Because we know that, you know, competing does that. Competing really puts everything into a, into a, 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 like a little world. It's very, um, yeah, sure it does. It becomes microscopic, you know? Mm. And when you, when, you can, when you can fix your issues on a molecular level in your game, the whole body improves. Get what I'm saying? Yeah, if you're well, skirting like, around competing, you know, yeah. it's it just takes longer. Just well, it's takes a lot longer. of um, similar philosophies with the Pedro Sauer system. It's like just like we train in the gi, but it's we don't train to use the gi. You know, I understand. Use that self de- self defense mindset. So, all right, take the gi off. We can still fight. We can still use the same techniques. Apart from one or two. Apart from a couple of chokes here and there, we don't like rely on the grip strength and the controls because we need to use our hands. You know, the, yeah, the absolutely. Are, but look, you know, the fingers are the anything for the finesse, finesse, the last. Second I understand. I understand. But it's you know. yeah, I, I understand entirely. Um, yeah, I understand. That's, that's, and, a, that's, that's a really the, good point. Yeah, and that's the concepts, and it's like you know, and and he's a. He's but like, that's yeah, but yeah. you got to understand too. But but one thing I just if I can just yeah. before I forget this really important point is that unless your game is based on clinching. So if your game is based on collar and sleeve, then, yeah, you know, you need your fingers for the, for the end. It's the icing. I understand that. But if you come from a clinch-based system, 
or mentality, then developing your clinch is like the first point of call. You need to develop your ability to hold a man, generic man, woman, whatever, strong freak, in positions so that you can organize yourself for the next three or four transitions. So 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu is a, is a clinch-based system. I learned as an, as an original uh, student of Eddie's, um, I learned it as a clinch-based system because originally it was developed for MMA. And in MMA, there is an inclusion of violence and danger that a lot of people don't think about too much in Jiu-Jitsu, which is punches and elbows on the ground. Yeah, well, it's, it's quite the closest the to the old school Pancratian, you know, the old uh, wrestling, Absolutely. Greek wrestling. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So for us, the first point of call, our self-defense system, for us, just like you guys have a self-defense system, is mastering the basics of clinching. Why? So that if you do get knuckled, you trip over, you're on your back, the guy jumps on your lands a shot, immediately you're underhooking, you're clinching, you're locking them down, you're minimizing, you're isolating, you're removing bad weapons, you can breathe for a few seconds to shake the cobwebs out from getting that left hook or getting yeah. kneed in the head or head kicked or whatever. You go to your muscle memory. And now you can go in there and, and you can shut it all down and take his back and finish. Mm. So it all starts with clinching. Because if you, you know, in a real situation, you've got to know how to clinch somebody. You've got to stop them from, from striking you. So that was our first thing. So for me, learning it as an OG and mastering those basics mm. of clinching and having that as my back, backbone, I pass that on to my students as their self-defense game. So they have to they have to learn it because at least the basics, because that's going yeah. to save them in a striking scenario. Yeah, well, but, self, but self you're right. Is you know? Well, it's yeah, like, but, but I was more like, you know, save your fingers, like don't break your body, <laughs> don't break the gentle joints. These are for fine tuning the fingers. Right. You know. Right. Um, have a pianist mentality in your jiu jitsu. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Like then you, you know you don't want to <clears> run, you know a self defense mindset. That's like. Yeah, it's even protecting your ears and protecting everything, you know, protecting your joints and protecting yourself. Um, but, like, I guess you could say you're known by your students and I had the opportunity to roll with um, or compete against one of your students this year, um, early this year, which I'm grateful for doing oh, yeah. comp now. But, yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, he treated me res- with respect even though he, you know, he beat me, which was all uh, fun and games. But, um, yeah, it was like a... Um, I had the cut eye, and I think halfway through that roll with him, I think I felt a rib oh, going. No. I was like, oh, I had bruised rib, and then I had another. Oh after, no! So I was like, uh, no, let me know who he is. I'll throw him. I'll throw him on the ground a few hundred times for yeah, you. Yeah, no, 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 he was a. He was a gentleman. He was. Um, so I was awesome. in the one forty-five division. So I was actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, the little guys got to watch yeah. the little guys, man. Yeah. Those little um, guys are strong and smart, dude. They're like a pain in the butt. <laughs> so I had an open weight match earlier, but I was still making weight. So just as soon as I made the weight for 145, I had to lose a kilo from the day before. As soon as I made the right. 145 weight, it's like I called my name to go on against this guy that was like 95 kilos, whatever. Oh. And that's when I cracked my head. And then it's like, oh, I had to forfeit that one, but did the other matches. And it's like, oh, God. But, um, that was two days of uh, – I, re- I enjoyed it, but it was, like, really tough. But, yeah, that's just my mentality. Just, like, I'm just glad I did it, like, especially with the coronavirus, you know, made, made yeah. a chance to do that sort of stuff again. So it's um, – Well, look, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. And um, you're right. And, look, we had a really – we had a major event. We had the No Geese Summit 2020 Australia, mm-hmm. and that was the first time um, – <clears throat> 
we've had an event of that size and magnitude and the black belts together um, in Australia, in this history. Like we had, you know, we had Phil Schwartz, we had Jeremiah Vance, we had Josh Hinger, we had Lachlan Giles, we had Carl Terra. And only by forfeit, I was in there because it was my event, right? <laughs> That's the best way to get in, right? Right. So, um, but so just that lineup of black belts, international, and having Lachlan, of course, myself and Lachlan were the, were the local boys, was just, it was just incredible to have that level of black belts to teach for us here, for us, us no-gi lovers here down under in the summer, it was January 10, 11, and 12. It was just the peak of our existence. We'd never seen the last three years, so that's the last three mm. years before Corona hit were the greatest three years ever. I mean, God, I mean, we were just flying. Everyone was mm. flying. Every industry, everyone was just, dude, I couldn't believe what was on the road. Like I was just, mm. I'm very, I'm very aware, you know, like the cars on the road, the new cars on the road. I mean, to see a 78 XD mm. station wagon. <laughs> You have to, it's got to be your dad's. It's been stuck in a garage and, and covered for 80 years. You know, it's just so re- everyone's just flying high. Estra- uh, restaurants packed out and theaters packed out and live gigs sold out and internet sales through the roof, Amazon and all this stuff, you know, building 40 acre freaking warehouses. And it was just fuel is at a dollar 65, you know, because. Oh my God, there's such a, it's almost a scarcity because it's being used so quickly. The producing it is almost impossible to keep up. So the demands, so it's taken a higher price, you know? You remember when Corona hit that no one was, everyone was locked up in the world, fuel went down to bloody 69, 70 cents. Yeah, I remember. I remember. It's like, that's. No one was using it. And I remember we, that's why we entered the Gulf War for the fuel. That's the reason the. <laughs> um, that's another That's story, the reason yeah. the people on the street were like convinced, oh yeah, I've got to get the fire off. Oil, oil price down, but it's like that. It never went below one dollar after that until now. Yeah, yeah strange times, man. Mm. Yeah, so you know, at the time in January, we just had no idea what was ahead for us. And and I've got to tell you this: my tenth planet brothers, and it's our culture. We are very close, and I know literally every single school owner in the world. And out, I know personally, very closely, uh, over 40 or 50 of them. I think I'm being conservative with these numbers. Mm. And these people are my friends, man. And when we get together and we do an event, we're coming from the right place. I was in Thailand in 2019, in April, and for the first time I was brought out to teach uh, overseas. Um, I taught at Eddie's twice. I've done two seminars at Eddie's as well. But um, I was teaching in, in Thailand. I've never been to Thailand in my life. And I'm there teaching. There's me, Jeremiah Vance, Phil Schwartz, you know, Sam Hardy. He's a brown belt at Tempe Portland. He's incredible. He's competed on uh, uh, EBI as well. I think it was combat jiu-jitsu and it was an EBI match. Um, so he's competed at super high levels. I mean, when we get together, we savor every moment. You understand what I mean? Like we, from Eddie, we've, we've always, I've been friends with Eddie for 14 years now. Mm. Um and, and we've always been respectful and in a mutual way. There was none of this, oh, I'm, I'm Eddie Bravo. You're just some scumbag guy, Aussie guy, and mm. fucking you're a white belt. No, I was always shown the utmost respect. And this is how it was and this is how it is. Now, whether, you know, I mean, there's no perfect association. When there's more than three people in a group, you're going to get issues that come up. But for my closest friends and the people that I am around all the time, and that's basically all the, the top guys in the association, there's nothing but utmost respect. There really is. 
and, and love. And Eddie's raised us like this. So when we came together in January, the point is when we came in January together and our school, they loved being in my academy. This is an academy that I had built from going there 14 years ago, back and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and building these incredible networks and these relationships and friendships with my brothers. And we all became black. I see, we were like blue. I was a white belt when I started. And I got my all these belts and all of us, and I've been Phil Schwartz, Jeremiah, we're like blue belts and purple belts and brown belts through this, seeing each other's struggles, competing as brown belts together. You know what I mean? Like that's these are moments that that we all share with our brothers in our schools. And I've shared these with my brothers worldwide. So when they came to our school and we got together with Josh Hinger and Lachlan Giles, Carl Terra, this was the most magical moments of our careers. These are memories that we savored because we knew this was special, regardless of what was there. We didn't even know what was ahead, but we still savored it. And if you look online and see some of the photos that I post on my um, Instagram account, you, you'll see there the reality of what I'm talking about. You know, just go to our our Facebook pages, 10 Planet Melbourne Facebook or, or my personal Facebook, Frank Barker or my personal Instagram, man, you'll see him there. You know, you'll see the truth right there. You can't bullshit this story. Jiu-Jitsu, there's nothing you can't lie. Mm. You'll, be, you'll be outed in two seconds. No fake news here. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's a, that's why it's sort of the truthful thing, the sort of logos, uh, you know. The, that's the thing. You can't, you can't fake because you'll just get choked out. There's no faking it. It's like you'll, just, you'll pass yeah, out. You can't fake. You're going to fake beating a blue belt, okay? No, no, really? No, no. How far do you think that's going to go? And then I'm like, oh, Jimmy, yeah, this guy, records, did he just tap you? What? Oh, hmm. Well, next round, see. Let's see how you go. You know? well, it's just a silly game because it's not yeah. gonna, you're not going to go far with a game like that. That's a silly game. And we used to, hey, listen, Savas, that's a game that I actually got raised on. Because these days we have fundamental classes, you know, you have to do certain things, criteria, blah, 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 to get into the advanced program and that, blah, blah. So now when my advanced guys get their hands on a, on a white belt, they're literally like a three, almost a four-stripe white belt. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they've they, they got these basics. They're doing their, their live rounds every night and they're building their ability to, to, to understand the game and get over all of that crazy stuff. So they're actually safer with the advanced guys more than ever. Yeah. Whereas yeah. before, uh, before, yeah, I was bashing them. mate, and not to mention when I was a blue belt, a purple belt, people coming into my school and literally, you know, acting like cool guys and all that stuff. And then when we get down, these guys are like trying to murder you. <laughs> like, ooh, dude, that was happening to us, mm. to me. When I say us, me and my top four or five guys at the time that I was helping raise with myself, we would just get there and, mate, we would absolutely mince people. Like, we were so prepared. It was not funny. People tried yeah. to come in and test us all the time and, and we did very, very well. And I mean it respectfully, but, mm. but the disrespectful ones, all, they all got choked out. I mean, out. Like, there's lots of stories about that. It's almost like the old days. I can't believe I'm actually saying that they were the old days for me. Yeah, you're but, like, um, well, do you think there's something to that, like there's something missing from the old, like back in the old days, that was a thing. You come to a martial arts school it is martial it's not just an art it's martial so like we could talk about martial is like a term that the military the military is. that's like from the u.s term so like we could talk like i've been asking like a couple of the others what um the, the martial aspect versus the art aspect well we've been talking mostly about the art aspects and like how like like you said it's all gone through the roof the recent years, especially with the leg lock game with the Eddie Bravo system and just so many people, so many different systems and people contributing. 
and contributing and then sharing online and then doing like like your summit you've got everyone contributing Lachlan Joel's is killing it all these other all these other you know awesome guys and it's like we're Terra, I mean the Kyle prince Terra. of jiu-jitsu like, come yeah, on man got, he, <laughs> yeah it's like what what other resource do you need so it's like there's all these right. great guys and they're actually coming so often and like you got Hicks and Gracie's back on the circuit and you know you've got like Pedro Sauer, you got like the Machado's when Machado comes, when John Jacques comes down to, you know, I had a great experience at your, at your school with John Jacques. Do you remember that? Oh my yeah. God. He's a, he's a dude, dude, can we talk about, let's talk about that. Can we talk yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cause you're a sure. non 10 planet person. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you want to go first? Fuck. No, no, no. Do you want to go first? No, no, you could go. That was like a pretty awesome right. experience for us. It was, Savas, how wonderful was it to see a legend like Jean-Jacques. We saw what he did at Abu Dhabi, ADCC, so many times. He was, to see him walk into our school and to a standing ovation. I got chills mm. just think, talking about it. Do you remember? We are all standing and, on our feet. Yeah, how proud did you feel? Like, you're like, did you ever think, like, did you ever think that? Like, you know, growing up, you're like, oh, you know, I'd love to be, <laughs> I'd love to be a black belt. I'd love to open right. school and teach and whatever. But you, you, you don't sit there and say, oh, and I hope one day Jean-Jacques Machado comes to my school and, you know, <laughs> that's not like, but it's, but it's happened. And it's like, well, we're actually, we have, we've been in contact the last like decade or so with these legends that have come out from the, from the source, from directly from, you know, the Gracie Academy, directly from Brazil, like, you know, yeah. the family that got to marry and then they've, spread around the world to come here and it's like and then you get a legend like Jean-Jacques Machado coming in and his game and my game were because I, I don't use the second hands at all like usually for groups I, understand. And I can't like use it but I use those um, a lot of those underhooks and a lot of the feeling and the rest overhooks of my body and the overhooks yes. and yeah like and using the shoulder and like you got to use every single part of your body and it's like you know like Pedro says because if you stand flat-footed you know, you've got this, you got your knee and your hip joint, but if you stand on your toes, you're adding an extra joint. It's that sort of mentality. It's like, okay, you got to use everything. You've got to get the connection and feel. But yeah, anyway, like you were saying about, about like, tell us about like when John Jacques came and then you saw the standing ovation and then he's like, yeah. We had, we had, I think we had 88 people at that seminar. Yep. There was no social distancing that day. No, no. <laughs> that, that, that was his uh, first no gay seminar. Wasn't All right. It? That's what I want to talk about. Mm. So yeah. we're we're in the middle of technique two or three or whatever it was, and and we're just all blown away. And it's just a magical moment everywhere. Everyone's just in this state of it's like he's some kind of he has some kind of hypnosis, a hypnotic kind of multi-dimensional. Mm. It's like he's 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 spread some kind of virus in there. One, like to create like a cult of freaking um, possibility and, mm. and potential, you know what I mean? Like in all of us. And he puts his arm around me, he goes, Frank, because I don't know, he just he just really enjoyed putting his, I think I'm at that perfect height of us, you know, where, where you know, you, if you're at about five five eleven, six foot, that you can just rest your arm. Fighters do it to me all the time when I'm interviewing them in the cage and they just love us, that, that Frank Barker height. And he mm. kind of worked it out already. So he's walking around and he puts his arm around me. He goes, you know, Frank, my friend, he said to me, he goes, this is the, f- this is a really bad 
Portuguese accent. This is the first time I teach a Nogi seminar in my life. I'm like, Professor, what are you talking about? He goes, no, I just really, this is what he said. He goes, I just realized that I have never, ever taught purely a Nogi seminar in my entire career. Mm. He said, at 10th Planet Melbourne, I'll never forget the first time. I'm like, I'm just, can you imagine what's going on in my head? Like, it's hard enough dealing with the fact that Eddie's my teacher. Like, really, like, mm. we're friends and everything. We're, like, really close friends. And we're, we're boys, you know? Mm. Um, but who's my fucking teacher? He's my sensei. You know what I mean? Like, I, it never goes old for me, bro. Like, I just want you all to understand that it never gets old for me. It's not because of, it's not, like, it's not um, starstruck. It's not that mm. shit. That this guy, I can't believe I lucked out. I lucked out that I'm a black belt from white belt all the way, white, blue, purple, brown, black, all the way to black belt. I'm actually a first degree black belt. And I'm in my third year as a first degree black belt. So I'm really almost ready to complete my third, uh, my second rotation as a black belt, my second chapter. You understand? Like every three years is a chapter in jiu-jitsu, yeah? Yeah. And I'm pushing as hard as I can to make sure that I'm in the best possible shape in every aspect of my life when, when the end of this year comes. So that, you know, when my time comes, I'm, I'm hoping that it'll be, it'll be undeniable that I'm, I, I deserve to be a second degree black belt. Do you understand what I mean? Mm. Like I'm doing everything yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah. But anyway, so, but it still freaks me out that Eddie, like I look at the photos on my, in my dojo on, my, on our wall and Eddie's there and then Jean-Jacques next to him and I think Hickson Grace is next to him and then it goes on all the way through to, to, to the first journey of a Japanese man to go to Brazil and mm. start learning under the greats. It's just and Elio's in there. I mean, imagine we're 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu and in our academies, we have Elio on the wall, mm. you know? Yeah. But we just don't have him there. We have all of the, the, lin- we have the lineage all the way leading up to where I am right now. Yeah. It just blows me away, dude. And to have, and the point is, having Jean-Jacques in that room and it being his first no-gear seminar, that was just like another, another high five. Like mm. how, how many more can we pile on this day, you know? Because there were so many massive moments that day. And I've got to tell you something. You're talking about dichotomies before. Well, here's one for you. Or maybe irony, whatever you want to call it, but I'll let you decide. Freedom of thought. Hmm. That exactly well, we one year, yeah, one year anniversary to the day, of the death of my brown belt student and assistant instructor in Brisbane to open his school, the eve. Okay, so it's the, it's the, it's the eve of the launch of 10th Planet Brisbane. And on, on the, the 19th of May, 2017, Adam, the, the night before, after rolling with one of my other top guys, Shane Phillips, I'm in my hotel room waiting for the call to go and get some Thai food so we can talk about how the seminar is going to go and all these ranks we're going to do. We're going to open the school. It's going to be amazing. We're going to go live on Facebook. It's going to be the launch. Adam literally drops dead in this dojo, passes away, wow. passes away. So one year to the day, so this is why I feel that um, my student had some, something to do with making all this happen because ha- it hasn't been able to happen since. And we'll talk about that if you want. Hmm. Um, in 2018, at a year to his, at, to his death, the anniversary we have Jean-Jacques in our academy hmm. is freaking and, – and it goes down the way you saw it. Yeah, it was like, like – Am I exaggerating? Am I exaggerating? Perfect. It was magical, bro. It was magical. It wasn't out so, of the body so, – 
it was an out of body experience seminar. That one it was magical. It was, oh, that's amazing. But like the just, energy in that room, man. Mm, yeah. Oh, it was all it was full of love and everything. Like we were, like we were in our little corner, but it's like you know, everyone was just lo- loving it. And like the the techniques for one thing blow, blow your mind, but that's just one level of it. Yeah, it's yeah. one part. That's just one part. That's just techniques. Whatever. Then it's like everything else that comes with it. The like, you know, just the presence and inspiration and just the energy, the you know, that you feed off them. I don't like, you know, because I believe like, well, like we have a human energy field, the bio energy field of the heart and whatever. And we know that goes out to three feet, give or take. But quantum sure physics, goes out, yeah, quantum physics, and his goes out to further. And it's like, you know, we, we could talk about that too, like. Um, it's contagious, bro. It was contagious, yes. and we all got a little bit of it, and then it, mm. it, it woke it woke us all up and put us all into this frequency, this alignment. Mm. And we were all actually in this sense of alignment in that room. I didn't when I, you know me, I walk up to everyone, I shake everyone's mm. hand, I multiple times. I, I train as well, and I I make sure that everybody's taken care of. I'm Italian, man. You're in my house. <laughs> you know, if I could yeah. serve you wine and. And, and, and espresso during that, I would have had a bowl of pasta at the end. I would have, that's the only thing that was freaking missing from that whole experience. But I'm there to serve and I understood exactly where I was and I wanted to share it with you all because mm. it meant that much to me. And I did. I felt like I did. I went, I was going around like a little kid at a freaking, I don't know, I don't even know what you call them anymore, but at a play center, just so happy and so joyful and wow, all of those hardships. I mean, I don't know about you, bro, but I've been through a lot of hardship. Being a black belt in jiu-jitsu, mm. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is not fucking easy. No. It is not easy. And all of those sacrifices, when you have those experiences like that with such an incredible person, and you go back three months before I had Eddie in my school. Mm. Three yeah. months before that I had Eddie there. And so this year, like 2018, it's so funny that 2018 gave me the, the most challenging physical year of my life, physically. Mm. But yet it gave me, connected me with this triangle, you know. We had Jean-Jacques, Eddie and me, you know, mm. in this little period. And I was very badly injured during that seminar. My knee was wrecked. I had mm. a meniscus tear. I was in bad shape, dude. And you know what? And I traveled after that. I was followed Jean-Jacques in Melbourne yeah. after that. And I was just so busted. I was almost, I felt so deflated in one way because I couldn't really perform and train hard and do all those amazing things because I was so busted up. I mean, I, I could barely bend my leg, you know what I mean? But yeah, could you still, feel it? Could you feel it though? Oh, man. Like, the, like in, that, the in, moment, that, in, that, in that moment, could you feel the pain? I mean. Well, it was way, way less. Mm, it was yeah. way, way less. And, and it was. Would you say numb? Would you say more numb? Oh, look, um, my knee was freaking hurting. Don't worry mm. about that. But um, it was okay. just, it just put me in a just, dimension mentally that mm. I could definitely just, um, it was just a moment, man. It's just a yeah. moment. You know, that it was just the opposite of adrenaline. You know what I mean? Where I had the same effect, but not the, the, mm. the, the side effect. Not the side effects, but I had the same feeling of just dousing the, the worry and what, I, what was really happening mm. two hours before that and what was going mm. on at the time. Yeah, it was just magical, and just seeing my students just be captured, just captivated um, by Jean Jacques. Yeah, it was was phenomenal. And then the photos, you know, the photos at the end, the end of the day, we're all together, 
we had that incredible photo. I mean, you mm. saw that photo yeah. of those 88, 89 people yeah. in that room and then all the individual photos that we had, you know. And, and look at Jean-Jacques. He was so – I was stepping away, man. I was like, no, nah, I want to – everyone enjoy their moment with Jean-Jacques. He's grabbing me. He's like, no, brother, you're in this photo with us. This is because of you. These people would not be having this opportunity without you. So you're in every single photo. And I'm like, can you imagine inside? I mean, look, we went out to dinner with my family. We had, we told old stories. I asked him questions of, of about Eddie and the old days. And it was just, I took a photo with him, sent it to Eddie. It was just, on so many levels, it was just, it was just amazing, man. Mm. I'll never forget that. If my career ended tomorrow, I'm starving and I want to eat mm. before I, I, if I, if I do drop dead, I want to have a full stomach. Mm. But if it ends, if it all ends tomorrow, Sebastian, I'm telling you right now, bro. Um, just in the jujitsu chapter of my life, I'd be so, so satisfied for, for the longest mm. time, and I'm talking for over a decade. You can ask some of my guys. We've stood outside my dojo locking up, you know, and they just got their hand on my shoulder. Like, I've just got this look on my face like, I can't believe that just happened. Like, even as a blue belt, I'd say, I'd say to them, boys, if this is the best it ever gets, no matter how dark it was, we always found the most remarkable moments out of it. I would die happy. And here I am on the verge of completing my third year of my second chapter as a black belt under Eddie and with all these remarkable things that we see these days in the jiu-jitsu world, especially in the no-gi world where we didn't have any of that in Australia before I decided to bring it here. Like there was no no-gi school. Yeah. Where was the no-gi school? That's called wrestling. Okay. Um, oh, we do yeah. no-gi at, 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 at the, when I roll at, at MMA. That's MMA. That's not jiu-jitsu, bro. That's not jiu-jitsu, bro. Mm. Um, so bringing it here and bringing, you know, um, a Japanese necktie here and bringing the the, the das here and bringing mm. the electric chair here and bringing the rubber guard here yeah. and the twister side position and the twister and all of that, the back taking and the mount uh, setups and attacks and the leg locks. We had leg locks from mm. the first day. Mm. We had leg locks. From, we were, oh, why had white belts doing heel hooks from the mm. first day, you know, safely and whatnot. I mean, we 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 opened an opportunity here in Australia and represented Australians that looked at the martial arts as a grappler in a way that was a systematized practice that no one ever did before. I'm mm. super proud of that, man. Mm. So every day that we made it and locked that door for us, I'm talking about all the guys that you see in the upper echelons of our ranks here in Australia, right across the board from all the brown belts and above, all the brown belts and above. They, they will agree totally um, about that, that every day was just a blessing. So where I am right now, holy shit, with what we've done, you know, five schools Australia-wide, all of them are my students that come, you know, from our seed that we've influenced them to, to, to want to represent 10th Planet, been at the seminars, ex- experienced these amazing, amazing mm. things and moments that we've enabled all jiu-jitsu lovers of the world to want to, we've never said no to no one. Mm. Never. Um, it's just shit, man. If it all ends, don't be sad for me. I tell my family, I tell my family, my students all the time. If anything happens, I tell my mm. family, if anything happens, don't be sad for me. Mm. Celebrate. Celebrate what I was able to do, what we ha- the kind of people we're able to bring to Australia, the kind of people we've been able to bring to our home and become the greatest friends. I mean, I took my friends after the seminar in 2020, I took them to my holiday home that I share with my family 
um, to surf and to, you know, live the, the Brazo life, bro. Mm. Right. Because they're from Cali, you know, they're all keen surfers and whatnot. And, and one of my friends, Sam Hart, he's a brown belt. He's incredible. He's a surfer. He's an avid surfer. He's dedicated. And he said, one of my dreams, my lifelong dreams was to go to Bell's beach. You know, I've heard so much about it. You know, I understand it's in Victoria and I understand if you can't, but I'm going to ask you because I'll die. If I don't, I don't want to die wondering. I want to ask you, can you take me to, if you can, if we can make it before I leave to go home, can you take me to Bell's? I'm like, you fucking got it. So we surfed at Phillip Island. Looking to see the penguins. Yeah, yeah, of course I did. Right? And, <laughs> right, and we had wait, the aren't most- the penguins fake, dude? No, bro. <laughs> no way. They're real. We had the most amazing moments. And, dude, it's all by and large to this journey, man. And like I said, don't be sad for me. We're, we're five of us black belts going to hold, you know, going to feed the koalas and the kangaroos. I mean, it's mm. shut up, man. In Australia, on an island, from an island. <laughs> what? Yeah, well. I, I, Epic, I hear, bro. I, I hear you, brother. Yeah, I hear you because like... I don't mean to get too emotional about no, it and stuff, but I'm sorry if it's a bit soft and the conversation is no, no. not about breaking bones and choking necks and squeezing it. But, man, no, it, no, it goes far beyond, them. bro. No, no. Well, that, like that's, I, man, that's yeah. just automatic. You know, yes. that's just automatic. It's all no. this other awesome shit, bro, that's been... You know, no. so um, don't ever be sad for me. Don't ever be sad for me. This no, is well, just the most remarkable yeah, journey ever. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, you know, I can't believe... And I hope so. everyone experiences it. Well, like I walked in the door one day and then from that one action, I've been graded by Hicks and Gracie. I've met all these people. I've travelled with Pedro Sauer. I've been to his Pusada, done whatever. I've been to Brazil and I've done, I've experienced all this. I've, it's like, you know, if, if I never do jiu-jitsu again, then it's like, well, I've had a good jiu-jitsu wow. career, you know. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's like. I've experienced so much more than like anyone starting today could ever experience. So it's like, I'm, you know, I, I'm grateful for what I've had and it's like from what's happened and everything. It's like whether I can, can't move ever again to starting tomorrow, it's like, it doesn't matter. The knowledge is there and it's like all the experience and the fact I just stepped on the mat and then all of a sudden it's like all this stuff that's happened, it's like, wow, and the people you met, yeah. it's, it's amazing. Insane. But also, I mean, the way in which the lenses that it has provided you to view the world from mm. as a white belt, as a blue belt, as a purple belt, you know, as a brown belt, as a black belt. So mm. where are you now? So how long have you been training now for, Savat? Uh, I don't know. It's probably been, I don't know, it's close to 10 years. Pro jiu-jitsu. I used to train at Nexus around the corner from your gym back yep. in the day. Um, yep. In the mid because I did uh, I did the old school Japanese Jiu Jitsu back in yeah. like the late nineties. Like, Are you ranked in that? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, okay. That was I, I was always doing exams and stuff, and I didn't actually take I it understand. seriously back then. So I, it was more the judo stuff and the Jiu Jitsu stuff. It's like oh, just elbow in the legs, and but um, <laughs> yeah, you know, they'll open because of pain. Okay, cool. That was right. uh, that, that was a guard yeah, good luck technique to back then. Um, mm. No, but like doing jujitsu, I think maybe the mid mid two thousands. I came back, mm-hmm. started again because like I knew Phil, and then I'm like, oh, you do jujitsu, and it's like, so I started back then. Phil took me there, and then he opened up his school and whatever, and then yeah. Was, but if I didn't go then, if I didn't have that conversation, none of this would have happened. So it's like. 
Okay, I, I can't blame and I can't hold a grudge against anything or anyone or because I'm I got to the point I am and I've experienced what I've experienced because of some of it's luck and some of it's just like putting yourself out there and it's like and there's yeah. also the thing like you were talking about before it's just like just because Eddie and and John Jacques they they're like they're just people even though they're like these famous people to us and like these massive personalities they're just people mm. and if you're genuine with yeah. them they'll recognize that and of as long as you treat them normal they'll be like oh, finally someone's not you know yeah, it might take time. It look, it might take time because mm. you know, um, well, it's hard. I like just went the, over there, you know, yeah. Well, I've always had I just went over there experience with them. We, we with sort of uh, kind of like sports stars or famous people, it's like they're just people, man. Yeah. Sorry, you were saying, yeah, no, no, um, that's the power of jujitsu, you know, yeah. like you, the value in guys like Eddie, John Jacques, guys like you, Phil myself, what I'm trying to do every day with my students, the value of that is way more outweighs than, you know, a person's, you know, rock star status. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, how many horror stories have we heard as we sit hearing more and more and more about, you know, what people are really like? I mean, look at Alan, what that happened. Did you hear about what happened to Alan DeGeneres? Had her whole, her whole work oh, no, team is yeah. turned against her because of all the abuse Tox- and they toxic. were so sick of all that mm. toxic envir- work environments and shit. Yeah, she goes on for for 15 minutes and <laughs> brings a kid on that can tap dance at 80 oh, miles an hour. And, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, and we've got forgive, gifts. And look, look, look how they just tantalise and titillate the audiences. And But, yeah, behind the scenes, she's treating them like shit, you know, and now it's caught up with her. And her set, you know? looks, exactly, her set, her set looks exactly the same as a uh, person who didn't kill themselves to Ireland. And... <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, God. But anyway, so, so yeah, I mean, I've gotten so much value out of um, just being around Eddie and John Jackson. And all the great black belts that Ten Plan Jiu-Jitsu has worldwide. I mean, and you know, and they're, they're they're building families, they're building businesses, they're building chapters for themselves in their own lives. I mean, look at the spin-off ripple effect of of frequency and of vibration. Look at the level of it running through the world. It's only going to make the world a better place, my friend. It really is. And the days of you know um, abuse and all that stuff, we still see it. You know, now and then. I mean, of course, we, we see it with um, all sorts of different you know, legend instructors and whatnot with all stuff, some of the stuff that's going on, but that's their journey, man. And they knew exactly what they were doing. And I maybe thought it wasn't going to catch up with them, but that's, that's also, that's also on offer as well. You know what I mean? There are associations that are not addressing some of these things um, as well as I think they probably could have in the past, but we're seeing less and less of it, but it's still sort of hanging around with this mob mentality. I think freedom is very important. Um, I think um, allowing your students to cross train and allowing your students to fall in love with different games that may not be yours. Um, although, you know, you might, for whatever reason, you might feel that it's a bit of a slap in the face or you might see it as a, it's disrespectful or disloyal that you should be wanting to learn, you know, my moves and play the way I play. Well, that's not, that's not the case, you know, like um, I've got guys in my school that are inverters. I'm not an inverter. I've got guys in my school that are leg lock only, like everything's leg lock only. And I'm not. You know, I've got guys that are just neck orientated. I've got guys that are just back takers. I've got guys that are just truck players. Yeah, well, that's I don't care about their rubber guard. They're just, well, fucking hell. Hey, listen, there's many weapons out there on offer. You don't have to just shoot with a nine millimeter. You know, you, you shoot with an AK-47. You could throw knives. You could use darts. You could, um, some. you might want to poison somebody. I mean, 
if the guy, if the end result is this, what you wanted, like who's to say that that way is the wrong way? It's just, you know, and who's to train who you, who you can and who you can't train with. I mean, I, I don't, if everyone's just, um, I think um, we just allow ourselves to be who we want to be. I think jiu is all going to be better for it. You know? I think that's my point. Although I can't really remember what my original point was. But, but the freedom, the freedom to be unique, but yet have a stage to shine, but yet still have all those fundamentals. I mean, so we're not saying that you don't have fundamentals of passing down. We don't have fundamentals of clinching down. No, of course you do. How the hell are you going to give anyone anything if they don't have fundamentals down? Mm. But when they get to that, that crossroads where they're like purple, brown, where they really start to hone in on the things that they like, they love, you know, who's me to tell them that oh, no, you shouldn't be doing that, bro. Mm. We do it like this. I'm like, ah, uh, no, you can't do that. Don't, don't, don't be silly. That's just, you're being a silly bugger, you know? Don't do that. Like allow people to expand their palate, you know, but make sure that the speediency of their progression is not leaving out anything insanely important. Because in jujitsu, the reason it's so effective is because of its effectiveness. Because it's, a, yeah. it's, and it takes time and we need to see certain signs that you're getting the job done. And if you don't, and we see big people, little people, short people, fit, fit people, stronger people, competitors, non-competitors, we see you in competitive state. We see you under pressure. We see you when you're coasting. We see you when you're cruising. We see you when you're wrecked. We see you when you're exhausted. Uh, if you're making decisions on rank based on these, I think you're not going to make any mistake. I think, you know, you're going to be just a okay, you know? Yeah, well, like I think rank should be based on your knowledge, not based on time. Yeah. Like time's Absolutely. important. You've got to know stuff. Time's important, but you've got to know. But you've got to know stuff. Yeah. And it's like yeah, you, but it's also you, you get there quicker. Yeah. You get there quicker. But you also see it's knowledge, yeah, but it's going to take time to acquire such valuable, powerful, applicable knowledge. Like there's got to be wars that need to be won and battles that need to be won and fought before you can really see the value of the, the weapon. You know what I mean? Like the mm. setup. You know, an armbar is an armbar. We can only go armbar, choke, and leg lock. That's it. Mm. Yeah, you know, because choking is part yeah. of neck, the back. So yeah. that's it. There's only three, unless we grow another leg or something, or another arm that pops out of somewhere. But that's yeah. basically it. The way in which you want to organize yourself to get to those three options, it's up to you, brother. Mm. Who am I to tell you which way you should or shouldn't go? You know, so you got to know stuff. It's going to take time. Mm. So time, although we say it's not about time, it's about knowledge. It's that well, you better use your time well, bro. Because if you don't know nothing and you've been here for five years and you're wondering why you're still a white belt. Well, that's that's on you, bro. Because these guys that joined three years after you are blue belts. It's not because they're they're, they're listening to me only. They they're understanding the concepts. They're they're putting the work in during their time. So although we don't go, oh, you've been here for six years as a blue belt. Well, okay, you've been here for six years. Hmm, where are we? Oh, you you just got your blue belt. Okay, cool. Well, we're on the we're on the eighteen year path. Mm. Well, can, can you tell that from? Can you tell how they, um, from the questions they ask? Look, I've had guys that I haven't heard their voice until they got their blue belt, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, but I look, you know, the, the, for me, the writing's on the wall and we have many, many ways of evaluating our students. And one of those ways is number one, we have the warm-ups. So you have to get your 32 flows down, um, both roles, top and bottom, because they're both different roles. And you have to be, doing the correct things for us to be able to do another correct thing that wins. We're not basing on our, our strategies a lot on you fucking up. I'm not counting on the fact that you're going to make an error. No, um, I'm going to be counting on the fact that you're doing the correct things and I'm going to build my game with that. Mm. So you have to have the warm ups down. 
And you have to have the, uh, I call it the OG or the blue belt requirements sheet. And what that means is just basically the OG path. And majority of those pathways are in the warm-ups. So it does a hell of a lot, takes a hell of a lot of work out of it for me. I killed two birds with one stone. Because mm. we didn't have the warm-ups when I was coming up until uh, around purple belt when we started putting little things together. Well, that helps the muscle, belt muscle memory. That helps. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Oh my god, I'm lost. What was the original question? Sorry, because I got onto the warm-ups and the value of the warm-ups for our students and the OG. So we're talking about requirements. We're talking uh, about like a requirement uh, for wait, for blue belt or something like that. This. I can't remember. I don't know, that, that was part, that was like what you were talking about as part of the answer. But um, oh, I, I okay, that's right. That's right. That's right. The environment. That's right. Sorry, sorry, guys. Okay, well, I got I got it back. So when you do that, we do a lot of live work. So they get a lot of live work, a lot of live drills. And live scenarios. So every night after we do warm-ups, we do tech of the day, we break it down, we rep and drill it. Then we do a leg lock flow of the day, we break it down and drill it. Um, we don't always break it down because we break it down until everyone's got it in the advanced class I'm talking about. And then we go live. And every night, Monday to Thursday, we have live drill scenarios selected, the most important live drill battles that you've got to learn to win. You've got to learn to know the benefits of attack and defense. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we're doing a live drill. You're inverted with De La Hiva. I'm standing up, right? And I've got my hands on your feet and one on, one on, your, one on your foot, one on your knee and ready, go. And you've got to try and sweep me or submit me off your back and I've got to try and pass, footlock you or mount you or whatever the, 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 mm. the, the scenario is. Ready, go. And we'll do 36 rounds of this. Now, what does that do? Okay. Well, I'm going to be able to watch you, Savas, in every single valuable position that you must win during your progression. Every day you come in, I watch you, Sav, go through all of the live drills. And I see, oh, oh, he can't deal with De La Hiva. Oh, he's got excellent foot locks. Oh, he's got a great Ashi entry to that outside heel hook. Oh, he's passing. Oh, my God. He just dismantled. He just clinched and passed. And he mounted him like nothing. Like, oh, my God. He's passing mm. and mount. He's just... So now I'm watching all my students through all these live drill scenarios. Every single day that they're in front of me, every day, I'm always watching their live drill progression. The rolling, I love watching them roll. And look, I don't watch them roll that much because I'm rolling too. And yeah. um, every night, and unless I'm injured or sick, I'm not going to be there. And usually if I'm sick, I'm not there anyway. So yeah. really I've got to be injured or I'm sore or I'm kind of, you know, not rolling that night for whatever reason. Right. Mm. So my students hate that because they wish that I could watch them roll all the time. But I teach my students that I'm not paying attention to you rolling too much. I really don't care. By the time you start rolling, you're probably tired anyway, because yeah. we've been training an hour and 15 minutes at this stage. Go, go, go. And we do about 45 to 50 minutes of rolling every night. Five to six, eight-minute rounds a night. That's what we aim for. So I get to see you where you're not cozy mm. because not everyone wants to be inverted at the back with a crab ride. Guy standing, you're in a crab ride from the back. You got your hands on his on his hip, on his shins, ready, go. And that guy's going to start freaking breaking it apart. You have to know how to push it together. 
Mm. And that opens questions back to your original point. Oh, how many of them can you tell a good student by the questions they ask? Mm. Yeah, that's true too, but don't hold it against them if they don't. Like don't yeah. don't assume that they're stupid because they're not asking questions. You know what I mean? That's a mistake from from the deliverer, really. But um, yeah, it helps enormously. Does it help? Of course, if they ask questions, of course. The best students are the ones that have a question orientated like mentality coming to the show an education point of view not an entertainment point of view mm. you know what i mean so so i am able to evaluate my students on the daily you know what i mean like mm. evaluations yeah. aren't like a saturday afternoon thing for us not yeah. in my school my evaluations i'm evaluating you all the time so i know how to tweak things all the time in a in a group setting you know, you got to master that yeah. room, bro. Like as a teacher, we have to master that time. Mate, they're giving us three, four times a week for two hours. Mate, I'm, I'm accounting for every 10 minutes of that two hours. I'm accounting mm. for it. You yeah. know? So, you know, it is this concept. We allow them to be flexible and adaptive. We give them strong structures so they've got support. And then we let them go. We let them fly and be as creative as they want. That's the, that's the way we run our schools, man. And you know, we love it. I love that, man. I love that. I love the jiu triangle. Yeah. Like you've got the, if you, if, if you take moves out, take a move out from here, then the trunk, then your jiu-jitsu game's way less, 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 less. But if you, right. you know, I, I don't do that move because I can't, I'm not, I can't do it. So I'm not going to practice that move in my game. But it's like, right. well, just try it. Just drill it. You, you, of course, you, you're bad at most moves. You're obviously going to be natural at some, but you're going to be bad at most moves. So it's like you've got to actually train. You've got to keep drilling, drill, 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 and then it's like, okay, I know how to do it. Whether you use it or not, knowing and doing the movement is, um, as much as you can is, is key. And then Mate, have, a, have moves, a big foundation, big base. Yes, in the, in that's what I was talking about. Yeah. That's what I was talking about yeah. with, the, with the depth and breadth. Mm. Two things that are key. Depth of knowledge and options, depth and breadth. If you don't have depth and breadth, you've got a shallow pool to drown them in. Mm. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your potential is short-lived, man. If you're only going to hang around for 18 months, fuck you. yeah, you, you'll be great for 18 months worth, but that's it. Mm. But if you want to master shit, you have to be prepared to put aside a couple of decades. And that's yeah. the truth. Mm. That's the truth. Business, yeah. family, whatever. You've got to put the bloody decades in, man. You've got to mm. put the miles in, bro. Until mm. you take a journey on enormous proportions and epic distance you won't really learn about the value of you mm. of what you bring to the table it's very important anyway yeah digressing right. but well we're talking about mastery um you said a couple of decades to master something whether it takes that long like um because you know the saying jack of all trades master of none master of none but the original what i think the original one was supposed to be jack of all trades master of one Oh, really? And that sort of seems to make more sense. Like if you're a, and then it's like sure you, does. Master, you master one trade and like you can see this, you just look at Pedro Sauer, look at John Jacques, we can just look at them. It's like they, they've mastered the jiu-jitsu trade, but from that knowledge they've been able to master sort of, or maybe not master, but like understand a lot more at a higher level than normal, than you normally would without that mastery. 100%. Yeah. 100%. That's the aim, my friend. The aim is to master. I think it's really the aim to master you, you know, master your emotions, master your physicality, master your mental um, 
um, meaning your mental your mental strategy is strategic and your tactical side of you, you know, so you can win in your life, you can win in your relationships, your life, your job, your, your family, your kids, your, you know, the whole thing, everything. No, you, uh, mastery of your soul. Like it's, I'm a huge, huge, huge proponent of, of emitting um, the most energetic, the most um, powerful, embracing energy mm. I can. Like I work on my frequency and my energetic my energetics on the daily. I do things to feed my soul every single day. And one of them is training. What, what, the main one is being a black belt, being a martial artist. To me, is it feeds my soul. So I do all the things that make me feed that black belt soul, and that is training. So you'll find me not at home too much. I'm out training at the moment because what we're doing, um, I've reconnected with my brother and I'm riding my mountain bike and we're doing some stupid things up mountains and hills and time trialing and we're training and we're, we're putting ourselves through all sorts of vigorous different tests and, and we, we uh, adapt and change routes so we can hit our muscles continuously and then we test it and we get the data and we're working on heart rate maximums, output. We're talking about time, um, 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 the conditions, like all sorts of things. Why? Because this is my brain. This is how my brain works on the mat. Yeah. It's how my well, brain yeah. works in the martial arts fashion. It, it wants, it needs a project. Mm. It needs a manager. That's me. I'm all those guys. And it needs me to go out and test, bring back feedback and get the results. And I just keep doing it. So for me, um, the soul feeding my soul is everything to me. It needs to be the right frequency. I can't have negativity around me. I can't have, you know, um, whinging, whining, complaining, um, excuses. I can't have, I have to have, okay. I don't mind if things aren't going well, but what are we doing? We, we got a, we got a plan. No, what can I offer a plan? Mm. No, you don't want my plan. Okay. Well, you need to get a plan and then we need to start, you know, so, cause I'm not into this, um, blame, I try blame not without to, solutions. No, man. If there's something that's not going right, I fucking identify it really quick mm. and I employ a black belt strategy. Mm. And, for, and, and, you know, and being around that can be challenging. I know it's challenging. I mean, I know sometimes I'm in a room and there's no one around me at home, you know what I mean? Like, mm. Sometimes when I'm studying, sometimes when I'm, when I'm researching, sometimes when I'm in my, in my mind, whatever I'm doing, you know, that's, it's like the dog sees the guy coming to the backyard and the dogs, they run like cockroaches, like someone switched the light on, the cockroaches run under the fridge. You know what I mean? They sort of want to get away from me sometimes because it's too intense. But um, I, I'm always trying to present myself in the most positive way and it's not easy, but I work on it and it's like a muscle and it gives me endurance. And that's how I like to be. So um, that's, 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 that's what I aim to do every day. I try and, you know, martial arts gives, has given me a great structure and a great support to be, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to be the greatest version of myself. Is that a, what is that? Is that, is that a bad thing? Is that like an ego thing? I don't know. What is that? But for me, it's what my aim is to, to how, be, to master myself. How selfish of you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in doing so, look at all the people, look at all the souls you feed along the way. Right. Mm. Yeah. Like that's how I see it is like by me trying to be my best, I'm going to be inspiring someone some days. Mm. I'm going to be motivating some, some people some days. I'm going to be a good listener for some people when they need it. I'm going to be, um, well, they're going to ask me, well, what about when you're down? Because I'm down. Well, what did you do? And I can go, well, this is what I've done. I pulled myself out of it. Like it's a, it's a community contribution too. But trying to be your best doesn't mean that 
you're going to shit on other people doing it. No. That you're going to push everyone and hold everyone back while you're doing it. That's not what I'm talking about at all. Gratitude and appreciation are the, the keys to the soul, my friend. Now, you want to be all you want to be, and this is a message to all of you out there. Uh, I've trained with the baddest, the toughest, some of the most dangerous dudes on the planet. Um, MMA fighters, UFC fighters included. And I tell you now, I shit you not, the ones that are the most successful are the ones that think like this, that they appreciate the moments, that they're not afraid to put themselves through arduous, austere existences, like uh, lives of discipline. Mm. And really, and having fun too. Like, not like I don't have fun, man. I'm having fun every second. Oh, mm. well, you know, not every day's fun. But, but most of the time, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in my, mate, I'm in my top 85% most of the time, really. And very rarely below it. And I have exceptional days. Today I did. Yesterday, mm, not good one. Today, exceptional. And this is the way it is. And I accept it all, you know. And my aim is to master myself, brother. I really am. And look, I, I, my, I really still, I suck in a lot of areas still. But my aim, my aim, because I'm not going to have this energy forever. I'm not going to be around forever. That's for fun, sure. Mm. So I want to experience life to the maximum in all areas of my life. And, you know, I have some real serious challenges ahead. You know, my parents are getting older. Mm. You know what I mean? My uncles, mm. and I love yeah. them so dearly, are getting older. You know, mm. um, we're in a stage where my kids are adults now. My brothers and sisters are older. They're in their early 50s. Do you understand? Like, mm. there's so much ahead. So I'm going to live mm. like I'm trying to master it because that's the way I'm going to be able to deal with it better. Do you understand? Like, yeah. I'm appreciating my parents. Like, I have for decades way more than mm. ever. I was separated from my wife in 2015 just before I got my black belt. And I was living back home with my parents and my mm. grandfather. My grandfather, that was, and I was there for 49 days. And I'm telling you now, they were the best 49 mm. days for my kids and me and my parents to spend that time together because I lost my grandfather like five months later. Mm. Yeah. My kid's great-grandfather. My kids knew their great-grandfather. Mm. That's awesome. You understand? Because yeah. that's where I'm coming from. Mm. So I was in a bad spot. I was separated from my wife, man. Mm. I wasn't even at home. I was beaten down like a dog, dude. Mm. But yet it gave me an opportunity. And, you know, that year was the first time I trained at a Jean-Jacques seminar in Melbourne mm. that year. It was in the middle of it. It was May that year. You go look at it, 2015 in May, Jean-Jacques was in Melbourne. Mm. This is when I was a brown belt. And then six months later, I'm separated and Eddie m makes me. I, I get made. I'm still separated from my wife and, mm. and I get made as a black belt, the mm. first in the Southern Hemisphere under Eddie, and I'm separate. You understand what I mean? Like, you want to talk about dichotomies? Yeah, there's suffering. Well, the dichotomy of human nature, there's a yin and the yang. Right. Like, there's a couple of examples. So, without the suffering, there's no, like, there's no growth. What's the reward? What's a, how do you know what reward is if you have no mm. suffering and there's no pain and mm. suffering and no misery? Mate, mm. we're on this journey to master this life, to master it so that we can be the highest frequency our highest our most brightest at the end mm. yeah not not yeah. suffering scarcity with regret and shoulda coulda woulda mighta order if only order if only order yeah, yeah. That, what that's, that's why the ancients like you said like the brightest frequency at the end 
So basically, the end, basically your life should be the brightest, man. You evolve and you actually become the star in the sky. You know, that's that's called Fuck the, yeah. You know. And like Fuck you know, yeah. I'm, I'm fully into all this uh energetic and um sort of I'm not into it. Basing. I'm not into it. I know, I know, I know, I know what you mean, but yeah. I'm not into it. I'm not I'm into that. No, I'm not into it. No, this is what it. I am. You are it. This is what I am. Yeah, it's like the at the at the, at the core of my being. I am a freaking light that's going to explode out of this freaking existence. So while it's inside of me, I'm doing my damnedest to, to make that powerful, dude. So, look, I don't know what's tomorrow. I could fucking, look, I'm not going to say anything negative. But, man, I'm, 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 I'm living my life as, as fully as I possibly can. And I accept everything that comes with it. Mm. Everything. That's everything. It. Yeah. Well, you've got to get the positive and the negative. But it's like everyone everyone talks about the grass is green, they're on the other side. And oh, like, yeah, because it's got more shit in it. Yeah, yeah. More like, fertilizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, the grass is green on the other side because nice. I throw my shit over there. No, um, but my, I've got a, <laughs> my saying is, or like something that I, I like to think of is, is the grass is green on the inside. Like, you know, you fix your inner garden before you worry about your neighbor's garden, you know, before you worry about the other people. You know, every, everyone's, everyone's eating Boom. a shit sandwich, dude. you know, so. Dude, dude. You know, you know, when, when I, I agree with you, bro, mm. Sav, I agree with you, bro. I mean, I remember when, when I was coming up and I, and I, I went on the Australasian underground forum for the first time. And I just to go on there and go, look, i got my affiliation approved and I was ranked and I wanted to explain what my goal was, what my, what, what my aims were that, yeah, I'm a ranked 10 Planet Jiu-Jitsu blue belt under Master Eddie Bravo and there's a whole bunch of shit that a lot of people don't know exist The no-gi jiu-jitsu to help your MMA. You know, at that time it was purely for MMA but also for the no-gi lovers of the world. So if you want to come and train with me, um, you're all welcome. Here's my address. Here are the times. Do you have any idea of how much shit I took Dude, you go Australasian Underground Forum, punch in 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu Melbourne, press enter, call call your, your partner or whatever to make the popcorn and bring you a 5.7-litre Coke and just sit there and fucking watch the entertainment, mate. It was freaking unbelievable that this little bald, adorable dude from fucking the, the northern suburbs goes on a plane... Three times, not once, three times as a blue belt in the gate, but that's another story. I'm a Machado blue belt. And now he's going to go and show people how to do, how to do Japanese neck ties and some guillotines and twisters and all this rubber guard shit that doesn't work. And You want to tell me about suffering and second-guessing yourself and... Sticking to it and being consistent and seeing it through and having the balls to go against the grain. And at tournaments, we were jeered at tournaments by referees. We were we were slighted so many damn times. You never heard me complain about it. I'm not complaining about it. Hold on a sec. That doesn't sound like the Australian spirit that we know. Australian about. way? The Australian way. Oh, no one cheats. Oh, fair go, fair everything. Oh, you know, it, like uh, sport, sports stars don't take take uh, testosterone or anything you know, illegal that they shouldn't, you know. <laughs> yeah, so um look man, it's uh it's been a it's been a crazy journey and 
Um, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else yeah. right now. I mean, even though, look, even though it is what it is right now, we're all eating a shit sandwich, mm. but I'm trying to be every day for me and my family um, and my mental health and my physical being and for my soul and for my family and for my students and for my sensei. Mm. I'm trying to be an example of what a black belt is that we have our black belt shit together in all areas of our life. Although we make mistakes and I make them all the time. Just ask my wife, ask my family. Um, you know, my, I, I, I'm not pure. I'm not perfect. But man, um, when you understand how to master something and you understand what it took to master it, when you look at something and you decide that you want to master that and that you really believe you're in the right place and you have the right people to be able to get you there, then you should be doing fucking everything you can in your power to do it. That's my, that's what I, that's what I suggest. Yeah. That's what I suggest for sure. Be all you can be, you know, don't be an asshole. Yeah. That's it. That's well, that's like, a start. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Support people. It. Let it pan out. Give a guy a chance. Mm. Let it see how we go. Mate, when I competed the first time in 2009 at the Pan Pacific Championships in Melbourne, um, in the blue belt division, um, my first, uh, I was in the absolute division and, um, look, I, I first was, I was in a weight category of 61.9 kilos. I was uh, 38 years of age and I was in the Masters times 10 billion division, whatever that was at the time. <clears throat> and I come up against um, a guy at the time who won the division who was from Western Australia and um, Josh, Josh Stoltz. Josh, I can't remember his full surname. Sorry, no, no disrespect to Josh, but Josh Stolton, Stolton, I think it is. And um, like he was... I couldn't believe there's someone that would be shorter than me. He was a little bit shorter than me. And, oh, man, he was just so good. I had him in my rubber guard. I flipped up a couple of attacks. He was able to, you know, uh, fight off some attacks. And then he passed my guard and he, he got a couple of points and he won. And he won the division after that. I was like, oh, cool. I'll go in the absolute division. No worries. I was up against, the, I think it was a 78-kilogram blue belt. And um, they were really gunning for this guy. I think they had some major plans for him at the time. I'll just say that. And, um, dude, i got to tell you, I really – opened up a 10th planet little um, demo on what the rubber guard was that day. Um, it wasn't flawless, but I mean, I had him, I had him, I set him up in Omoplata a couple of times, Omoplata swept him, cut back on top, went back to my rubber guard, meat hooked him with a meat hook transition to the triangle. I mounted him with a mounted triangle and he either tapped at the end or I won in the mount. He says he didn't tap, blah, 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 whatever, right? So that was Dude, so that was my first and I was like, oh, my God, that was I – can't, I can't tell you. I remember how it felt. I remember how it felt. It was such a great feeling to be able to do that. And then I went in the, in the final. That was the semifinal because it was, a, it was a small division, no gi. I mean, who the fuck goes into no gi in 2009? No one wants to go in no gi in 2009. That's another problem we had for years and years trying to find a role, like a comp role. It was almost yeah. impossible, right? But anyway, so um, – um, I was in the absolute final against um, Henry Warnpole, and he's a great guy, and we've had many chuckles over it. He's a black belt now under um, fight team, jiu-jitsu fight team in, on the East Coast. So um, we went at it. He was, I think he's about 120 kilograms. Dude, you can watch this on YouTube. It's got like fucking 50,000 views because people just love watching me get smashed. But mm. I don't give a fuck because as a Rolling Stone said, as long as you spell it right, I don't care what kind of advertising it is as long as they spell it right. So I don't care how many people watch it for the wrong reasons. Mm. But, um, dude, uh, he beat me. Um, he didn't submit me, passed my guard, um, and then I had him in my half guard. At the start, I just pulled guard because I'm thinking I've got to try and just 
choke him from my guard. What am I going to do? How am I going to sweep this guy? I mean, how am I going to take a guy like that's back? It's hard to, and then leg locks, no leg locks. You know, mm. I was only a blue belt. That was like, mm. like asking for someone to mm. eat poison or some shit. But anyway, so against him, I pulled guard. I had him in a meat hook and I, I did have a tight position. And then he eventually, I got tired. I mean, the guy's 120 kilos or something, whatever at the time. And I was like 62 kilos. And, and, you know, and a guy screams out, where's your rubber guard now? Where's your rubber guard now? That guy, incidentally, mm. was my first Brazilian jiu-jitsu teacher. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Man, it's just this, it, it's like you're taking an epic, awesome journey and, and you're being like burnt at the stake at the same time, but somehow mm. you survive. Somehow well, you survive. The, yeah, that's, it's crazy. that's the thing. You got to go through the crucible of fire to actually you do, mate. get somewhere. If you're not prepared to go through the fire, if you want to do something great, if you're not prepared to just laugh at the the the, the flush right crosses that you eat on the daily, mm. if you're not biting down hard enough on that mouth guard, it's going to end you. It's going to it's going to push you away from your dream. You can't let that happen. Yeah, well, that was the sort of thing growing up in the eighties, nineties, and like being being like like growing up in Australia, being a Greek of a wog, you know, and it's like yeah, you get to see the sort of like things have changed, man. It's like relax, calm down. Yeah. Things are way better now, even though like absolutely people, like. Right now, I think people are so on edge that there is some undercurrent of racism brought to the service, but, like, give a fuck, you know? It's like, yeah. leave it. You know, it's just people are, yeah, like, exactly. so many just, people just are leave. emotional and it's like, you don't know, like, what the hell that that person's been through, you know? Like, yeah, like, when it comes to, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm on the same page, bro. When it comes to others, like, I don't care what you believe in. Mm. Like, that's not my, what your problems are not mine, bro. Mm. Like in all of this, like I have my thoughts and my feelings about it and our family does. And we have a plan and we have, and we execute that plan so that we can stay mentally strong, healthy and happy throughout all of this as possible, as possible. Mm. But shit sandwiches on the daily, hundred yeah. percent. But I'm not going to, but if I see a person out of his mind petrified, if I'm walking around with my scarf on, right? I'm out in the, at the park and I've got my scarf yeah. on and I'm, and I'm hiding my face. I don't wear a mask. I wear a, a yeah, face a cover. Scarf. Yeah. Yeah, I wear a scarf, you know? Like, cool, it's winter. No worries. It's like normal. So I don't feel any different, right? But if I see a person scared to fucking death down the road that I'm moving towards, scared to death, because you can tell what they look like. They're driving around alone in cars. They're riding their bicycles with a mask. They're running with a mask. Sorry, I ain't going to do that shit because I know it's dangerous. But anyway, if they choose... That's elite that. athlete things do that. <laughs> elite athletes. Who am I? A training mask. Yeah, training Who mask. am I? Who am I to judge them because they're petrified? A child is scared out of their wits because a dog's barking at them. Who are you to turn to that child and say you're a fucking idiot hmm. or you're a dumbass or you're uninformed? Hmm. You want your grandfather to die or not or whatever the fuck it is. The, the, the stupid shit that we've heard throughout hmm. all this. I don't. But don't. Don't make your problems mine, bro. Mm. Just get away. Just I just move away. I just stay around the people and the love. I just stay around the love, mm. mate, because that frequency is going to kill all viruses. It's going to kill yeah. all all this bullshit. You know, it's, see what they want. They want diversity. They mm. want us to fight. Look, mate, there are families that aren't speaking now. Mm. Families. Mm. They want Over diversity, this. and it's like they, they want, want diversity, us. but they want us. Diversity to be separated away from each other. They be they want us fighting each other, diverse but separate. They, do. they don't want us like mingling. They don't want us to be mingle. 
But um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't like that rhetoric of how dare you? I have a grandmother. It's like we've all got, we all are in the same boat here. So that that uh, that isn't an argument because we all have people that are suffering in our lives. We all know there's suffering happening. We're all suffering. And it's like you putting your suffering ahead of my suffering ahead of someone else's suffering. Where, where is that going to get you? You know, like, you know, it's just like, it's just a lot of hatred online and building up. I avoid it all. I just put out positive and you just go to my Instagram and all you see on my Instagram and my Facebook posts are all just love family endeavoring to be your best, you know, striving, trying to beat your time, get better stretch, you know, mm. you kettlebell, another kettlebell session, you know, another um, fucking Zoom with my group, another conversation with Eddie, another, man, I'm just trying to help my dad. I go over and see my parents, make sure they're okay because I've got to care for them, make sure they're good. Mm. If there's anything heavy or anything they need to move, whatever. there's always yeah. stuff that goes on. I've got to call someone, you know, there's utility conversations, you know, they might need some help. My sister goes, whatever, whatever we're doing to do our part, I'm just keeping it all positive, man. Mm. Yeah, that's keeping it. it all, that's why I'm doing this. Yeah, all, so about, I'm doing the, this, all, about, all about the frequency. It comes back to like positive, the positive frequency out there. And that's like you're connecting to the holographic matrix, the ether, whatever you want to yep. call it. The, you know. I'm plugging into that pleasurable yeah. shit, bro. Mm, I'm plugging it. in a pleasure. Not yeah. pain, dude. If I have to suffer in this plane for it to get there, I'm mm. all for it. As long as I get my freaking ice cream, my cherry freaking Sunday ice cream, mm. make sure I get that because none of this pain, pain, pain with no reward. No, 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 no. Not for me, yeah. bro. Not for me. No, 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 no. Well, I see. That means, oh, you got to love harder yeah. so if you lose your family. Love harder uh, so if you lose someone in your family that you appreciated them, that you spent that time, that you, you you called them, you told them you loved them, you did things together, you were there for them through good times and bad and that you stood for them too and you supported them. That's, that, that's going to make the passing so much more able to deal with because we haven't wasted it. Don't waste a day, shit. Well, this, this corona has uh, taught us a lot about that and that's the key. And I, I was actually sort of learned that one almost last year or over the new year. Uh, I'm just going back to sort of family and going back to a bit of nature, sort of. I was, oh. so over New Year's, I, I was in the I was in the country, had a cousin's farm and it's like, then the bushfire magical. came in. And it's, but it was still magical. Oh, not magical. Like, <laughs> it was like I took photos of the orange sky with the Milky Way behind it. That's magical. That's like, well. Not the bushfires, bro. I wasn't saying the no, bushfires no, no, are magical. No, I wasn't no, saying no, that. Of course not. No, but like the place was magical. I'm like, yep, this is where I'll, this is. Where was it? Where was it? I was out. Uh, where was it? Mm-hmm. Sort of uh, the East Gippsland Way. But like, I think it was uh, right. Stargo. So they, they, there's a little pocket there. That, Shit. They just went up to there, like 5Ks, 10Ks away. Um, right. But like, like we left and then the next day that they sort of got, everyone else got evacuated course but yeah right that was like Fuck. an experience and it's like well okay but it's like being there i was like it was magical like you know mm. with the, the just the connecting with the nature and like that's what my grandparents are doing you know yeah and like you said before where you got to spend that time with your grand grandfather it's like i was lucky to be in cyprus like I don't know, five or six months before my grand grandfather died and then like a year before my grandmother died and got to sort of see them again um what year was it two uh, not two thousand, like two thousand five or six, I think it was. But yeah, I sort of got to see them the last time, and 
um, and then I saw them a couple of times, spent some time with them over our lives, and like, yeah, like today I was digging in the garden trying to um, uh, just what's it called, um, channeling my uh, grandfather, like remember like him on the farm. That's so funny you said that. That's so funny you said that. I've got when my grandfather passed. My mum said, "Oh, what, what do you do? You want do you want? I want I want his tools." Mm. So I want his tools. I want his gum boots. So I've got his gum boots. I wear his gum boots every time I'm in the garden. I wear his gum boots when I cut the lawn. I I, I use his lawnmower. Um, I've got a whole bunch of tools for planting new crops and for cleaning crops and all sorts of things that he used to use that he handmade himself. I've got them and I use them. Dude, so do you experience absolutely. any? Tell me about the epi, like do you experience any epigenetic memory from that? Because I feel that like whoa, we need to get whoa. back in contact with our roots and like what our grandparents' tools are that we're using. Oh, dude, there's epigenetic memory with that, and then that connects you to the same part of the hologram, and then you're dude, actually dude, able get... to access and download. So, we dude, can... don't get me started down this road. <laughs> this road is a very, very long rabbit hole. This is a big, big hole. This is an Alice in Wonderland shit now. Yeah, that's it. But I'll just say this. I'll just say this. I don't want this to be too long because no, no, we've no, already no, been I talking think, for yeah, an hour and a half already yeah, or something. Yeah. But, but I'll just say this is that I have a strong, very, very strong belief for the longest time that I was being guided by my ancestors. And I've looked into my family history of the Barker name and whatnot, and there are some formidable, great leaders in my family's lineage over the generations that I really feel are watching over this whole thing for me. So I'm never really alone. I never, ever feel alone in this. Like I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, we need a connection of, of other humans. Yes, 100%. But I've had a lot of lonely moments that have not felt lonely but necessary because I felt I had this connection with my spiritual family, a strong one, a very, very strong one. So I'll just leave it there because I don't want to, yeah, sound too, you yeah. know, woo-hoo. I don't so know like but yeah, I understand. When you say all that stuff, man, I feel you, dude. I feel you. And it's like I don't life. feel my grandfather's yeah. boots. I don't feel like I'm him. No. <laughs> no. no, I'm just saying that that I feel those connections are very strong in my heart, in my heart. And I get, I get, I get like confirmations. There's things, the weird shit that happens during my day when I'm doing all these things in this frequency that start to present themselves. That if I started talking about them, half of your mm, listeners yeah. will probably freaking throw up you know but they happen in my life i'm aware of them i have the most amazing existence i could have ever dreamed of mm. and i have a great connection with my family and its history so mm. i'll leave it at that i'll yeah, leave it at that well it's like you know there's heaps of synchronicities and like the more you the more i guess awakened you sort of get to that synchronicity feeling and you sort of see them a lot more and like i'm i've come to that from a um scientific point of view with the holographic theory but yeah and i've become more spiritual through science and yeah. how about that huh yeah but um how about that yeah and yeah, like you said we could talk about that for hours and hours but yeah so, but you know what um mm. we, we could do this again i mean yeah. this doesn't have to be we could talk about geez we could talk about competitive mindsets we could talk mm. about cross training and the efficiency yeah. and effectiveness of of, of cross training because I've, I've trained and competed in mm. so many different areas of athletics and trained under some of the most amazing coaches like this is man i'm here if you if you yeah. think it's valuable to, to you know to pick a theme and have have me on there man i'll, I'll help whoever it needs it man i'm here to so, serve yeah. I, I mean that yeah cool so i think we've mainly covered sort of we didn't really go too divergent we covered just a few things so i think it was it was a good chat so stoke the fires anyway yeah that's it that's it as long as it gets you thinking you gotta if you can't if you can't 
um, like you said, with freedom, freedom of speech is important. If you can't, if you can't speak, you can't think because like to think, when you think something, but don't say it out loud, you, it gets stuck in your head. And then it's like, if you do say it out loud, it's like so weird. So, but anyway, I'll just, just want to say thank you for, for doing this. I think we might've gone a bit extra over time, but thanks a lot for that. How long um, have we been going? I haven't I, even watched my time. I haven't seen the time. I think it's, it's close to an hour 40, I think. Jesus. Seven, it's like seven o'clock now. So Shit. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, anyway. no, Sorry guys, right. if it was no. too long, I apologise. No, that's fine. If anyone's you know. still listening, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but no, I think... Is this live? No, 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 no. Okay. No, I think that was a good chat. No, no, I'm going to edit it all together. That's fine. No um, worries, man. Well, thanks, look, can I just say thank that? you? No worries. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, Sab, no worries, dude. Anytime, man. Uh, let's stay in touch. Let's not uh, leave so much space between our contact. Yeah. And I'll be checking in on you anyway because I super yeah. appreciate these opportunities, man. And um, I look forward to seeing you soon. And uh, be yeah. safe, be well to all, everybody out there listening. Much love, health, strength, and happiness to you all. And I hope to see you all on the map. Peace. Very well said. Thanks. Thanks very much. <laughs> all right, cool. Can't wait to roll with you next time. We, we Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Be awesome. It'll be epic, dude. It'll be so much fun. It'll be so much awesome. fun. Thanks, All right. Bro. Thanks for that. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you later. Thanks, Frank. Thanks, everyone. See you Oof. next time. Oof. All right. Sweet. All guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I hope you can uh, t- take something out of that. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. So thanks, Frank. And, yeah, so basically uh, check out Frank's links in the description below. Check out his gym if you're in the area when we're back back up and running again uh check out you know his uh videos and all that uh be sure to like follow subscribe and share uh comment down below uh if you want us to do another podcast yeah just uh let us know what you what you want us to talk about and yeah we'll cover whatever topics you want so hope you guys enjoyed and we'll catch you later Peace. Now, do me a favor, and please do not take offense, but look, I know you as the impaired grappler, Yeah. but dude, I reckon you've told me your name probably, I don't know, once, and I can't even, I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) What's your name? Uh, It's Sava. Sava, S-A-V-V-A. Oh, Sava. It's actually Savas, but yeah, it's kind of like silent, but yeah, it's either way. Uh, I don't care what it's Savas. That's like, a Savas. That's a fantastic name. Ah, oh, it's yeah, it's a palindrome spelled backwards the same way as forwards. There you go. But yeah, uh, all right, mate. Savas the Great. <laughs> yeah, I wish, mate. I wish. What, dude? Are you kidding me? Look at what you all you've accomplished in your life, my friend. Ah, uh, that's just because um, a lot of us do is just being. <laughs> Just not saying no to anything. Just like, oh, yeah, just being sort of blasé. And then it's like, ah, oh, you know. That's called a rare, that's a rare breed, brother. Ah, uh, yeah, I think it's like being the fourth child and not, and just sort of having to figure shit <laughs> out for yourself. Like when I was 16, I jumped out of a plane because I wanted to be a pilot. What, there you no, go. There was no question. I was just like, oh, yeah, well, if I'm going to learn to fly a plane, may as well, um, may as well learn to uh, jump out of one. I'm just trying to. <laughs> awesome. So how long has it been since you've been doing jiu-jitsu? Uh, well, been a while. Well, hang on. Where are you based? Are you, are you in New South Wales? Where no, are you? No, I'm, in, I'm in Vic. I'm in Melbourne. 
I'm like Mate, uh, you... with uh, Phil. Oh, oh shit. Okay, with, with Bill Grapsis? Yeah. Of yeah. course, Phil Grapsis. Phil Grapsis. Yeah. All right. So, okay, I meet so many people all the time. Yeah. Like, my, my dude, my life is half as crazy as yours. So that's that's enough. Seriously. So for me, like I recognize people all you know all the time, but but trying to place exactly where they are in the, yeah, in the yeah. geographical of it all is just like, it's challenging for me, no, mate. So hard. please don't ever get mad at me about anything like that. And oh my god, please don't. But um, it's all good, man. It's uh, please, please. It's all all love. It's all love. No, no, <laughs> don't I, shoot. I, yeah, I wouldn't get mad at any of. Yeah, I wouldn't get mad at anyone for anything like that. I'm probably yeah. I'm probably the most. Uh, least get mad at people person out there. Uh, oh, me too. Uh, unless you're in my family, then I'll probably start yelling at you. But um, apart from that, I'm, I'm zen as. <laughs> I like it, zen as. It's nice. not with the family. It's part of the ethnic yeah. Greek sort of thing. But um, oh man, it's always tough. The toughest battles for me aren't on the mat, man. They're at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, you make them that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, do you want to just start it there, or like add that as a bonus at the end, or just keep going? Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely, uh, absolutely, whatever. So you can, you can add it as a as a extra a bonus, extra bonus at the end. Sweet.